Welcome to Freedom to Retire with Jim Cipriotti, powered by Retire Ready Financial Group. You got to be prepared. If you're not prepared and you have too much risk, you may make some adverse choices. And so you need to have a plan because the downturns are going to happen. Jim Cipriotti has been helping people in the greater Philadelphia and South New Jersey areas reach their retirement goals for over two decades. We just want to make sure we're not too aggressive, not too conservative either. We want that nice mix. And that's what I help my clients with every single day. Now, Freedom to Retire. I want to talk about uh, inflation because that's been a thing that, that has been pretty pretty prevalent for, uh, oh gosh, the past couple of years. And, you know, if you're a distance runner, you know that those last couple of miles can be the hardest in the same way. It seems like the Fed got inflation from 9% to 3% without too much trouble. Yeah. But this, this last little bit, this 3% down to 2%, this last mile, so to speak, it's proven to be tough. So, my question, Jim, it, is it is it really necessary? What is the the significance? Is it a drastic difference between three percent and two percent inflation? Yeah, it's crazy, Chris. We hear so much talk about inflation over the the past two years. I mean, we're we've gone around forty years with rarely even hearing that word, um, and now it seems to be front and center with so many headlines uh, throughout the financial industry. And you know, we've been reading as uh, as a lot. And I've been reading a whole lot to just gain as much insight as I can so I can best guide my clients around how to best you know, navigate uh, with these higher levels of inflation when it comes to how to manage their retirement assets. And the data seems to be pointing to a sharp increase in the price of oil and some food items. And a lot of economists uh, seem to believe that there could even be higher inflation in the next few months. And uh, they're, they're saying that, you know, if inflation does get stuck in that three to four percent range, then the Fed might need to uh, might need to just tolerate that above average level of inflation. You know, they like for it to be around two percent, not in that three to four percent range is their, their sweet spot. So or, or worse, what the Fed can do is they can you know run the risk of just pushing us into a recession uh, or more financial instability, if we want to call it that, in their effort to try to keep fighting this inflation just too aggressively. But when you look back throughout history, high inflation has never really been just a short cycle. You know, it's never over in the snap of a mm-hmm. finger. It, it normally takes a few years, some, at least a couple of years for things to settle down, uh, the dust to settle sort of thing. So, I mean, think back to the early 1980s when we had that record high inflation, late 1970s. You know, we were stuck in that mess for a few years. And now, obviously, the, this recent cycle of high inflation isn't nearly as severe so my guess is that we may have another several months, maybe up to a year uh, or maybe two before we get that back to some normal levels of inflation, Chris. You know, the, the inflation, as you mentioned, is an, is an unprecedented. But, you know, you think back 40 years ago, most of us were, were in the infancy of our working career. At that, and so it probably wasn't affecting us as much. We weren't really feeling the effect. And, and I know that you and I kind of balked at the idea when the Fed called the current inflation uh, period that we're in right now transitory. But uh, it's been proven to be anything but that. And if, if we're going to be in it for a little longer, is there anything that we can be doing right now? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're in your 60s now, you were in your 20s back in the early uh, 1980s. You yeah. could have cared less about inflation, probably. <laughs> uh, but the main question here really is, you know, how is this going to impact my retirement savings, especially if I'm re- approaching retirement within the next few years or if I'm recently retired? Uh, because those folks in that range are the most vulnerable when it comes to major moves in the stock market. And one other quick thing that I want to point out is that I'm hearing so many people are really excited to get these six-month and one-year CDs and these treasuries because they're paying 5%. But those same folks are so focused. Sometimes they have their blinders on. Um, we want to be careful of this. So focused on these short-term rates 
that they might be feeling the burn once again, maybe after a year goes by, because what happens if rates go right back down to those normal levels where they've been for the uh, for the past several years? Um, and I've been urging my clients to take maybe a more laddered approach when it comes to taking advantage of these higher interest rates that are available. So, for example, instead of investing you know, large amounts in these 5% interest rate uh, vehicles, maybe it makes more sense to lock in something longer term, maybe lock in the five and a half or even the 6% rates for a longer period of time. Hmm. In other words, you know, if, if you're, if you're planning anyway on using some of that interest from your investments, maybe to live off of, so you don't need to touch your principal, which is very attractive. Maybe it makes more sense to lock in the really strong rates for a longer period of time while they're still available right now. You know, another example, I mean, some investors, they're just really so focused so much on the short-term rates. Let's say, um, and let's be generous. Let's say, for example, uh, that 5% rates, let's say they hold out for the next three years. We're able to get like these one-year CD rates or one-year treasuries uh, for, the, uh, for the next three years at 5%. And let's say you have $200,000 to invest. And then let's say afterwards, after the three years go by, rates go back down to 2% for the next several years afterwards, which is pretty much where they've been for the past several years right before this inflationary cycle hit. We all remember it. That's right. So your $200,000 in that example would be worth, at the end of the 10th year, would be worth 265000 Okay, let's compare that to someone who is more focused on their future for a longer term where they can get a 6% rate uh, locked in for 10 years, just a flat 6% for 10 years, which by the way, th those rates are available uh, right now. Uh, so the person who invested 200,000 at a rate of 6%, at the end of the 10th year, they'd have a balance worth $358,169. That's a difference of almost $100,000 more interest in the person who just invested more longer term. And don't forget, that person did not have to be all stressed out and shopping around the Internet year after year to find these high rates because, the, um, you know, they, they already locked in a nice rate. They kind of set it and forget it. And if you look, you know, really at how, um, you know, mutual funds have compared, like balanced mutual funds, which are very, very popular. They have the mix of stock and bond. If you look on Vanguard or Fidelity's website and you see how they performed over like the past 10 years and keep in mind, those types of mutual funds, they involve risk of losing your money, losing your capital. Uh, they've only averaged in that mid 6% range, okay? And so, so many of us really, we just need to stop for a minute, take a deep breath and really look at the numbers to see if it's worth risking your, your retirement capital uh, versus just uh, locking in, you know, risking it in the market that is, versus just locking in a nice decent interest rate for longer term while they're available. It's kind of like that saying bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so if you'd like to have that discussion on which types of instruments are offering these decent rates, um, you know, I'd love to talk with you because we don't want to have to worry about shopping around for, for rates year after year, especially if they drop down to that one or two percent range, which is where they were. We don't want to be forced to settle for those low rates after this inflationary cycle fizzles out. So what I would suggest doing right now is giving my office a call. And what we'll do is uh, we'll set up a time for later this week where we can uh, chat about it a little bit more to see what would be a good fit for your overall financial plan. And the number to call my office right now is 
610-894-7415. Once again, that's 610-894-7415. And I'd be more than happy to help our fellow 1210 WPHT listeners explore some more choices, some other different types of financial vehicles that have been blessed with these above average interest rates these days. So the number to call right now to reach me, someone from my team will take down your name and your phone number when you call, by the way, and we'll chat later this week. But the number to call right now, 610-894-7415. Being able to take things that, that seem challenging as far as you know, getting a loan or, or uh, you know, a mortgage or anything at this point, interest rates probably not working in your favor. But as far as making your portfolio grow, there are certainly things out there. And we're taking a look at, and Jim Cipriotti would be happy to help you out with that. Again, the number 610-894-7415. As you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show, you know, it is getting closer and closer to the end of the year. And, you know, forget Black Friday. Retailers are actually ramping up for holiday sales earlier than ever. Best Buy, Target, Amazon, Walmart, all moving things up and launching sales events uh, in October. The end of the year, it, it's going to be here before we know it. Should we also move up our, our scheduling for that end of year review? What should we be doing right now, Jim, to, to help prepare in the meantime? Yeah, Chris, I, I could not believe my eyes. Uh, this past weekend, I was in the store. I saw aisles and aisles of Christmas wreaths. It didn't say like Merry Christmas. They were wreaths, though. <laughs> they were up on the shelves um, and a lot of them already. I mean, it, it just literally seems like summer ended two days ago. I, I mean, I guess it's, it's never too soon to begin preparing, of course especially if it means preparing for something that's quite likely to happen. You know, the holidays are right around the corner. We know it's going to happen, so it's, it's worth the preparation. I mean, the same holds true when we're talking about preparing for financial situations that are likely to happen throughout our retirement. And, you know, this means that planning should already be in full motion by the time we hit age 50. And, and, and by the way, I just want to take a quick minute to point out that I'm just rounding here, but I, I would say that nine out of 10 people that I have spoken with in the past who, um, who are preparing to actually retire, let's say, in their early 60s, um, by the time they hit their 60s, they, they, they almost always tell them, nine out of 10, tell me that they wish they would have done more when they were in their 50s. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you can't do a whole lot when you're 30s, early 40s, but in your 50s, that's kind of that prime time. And when you think about it, most people don't have friends that are in that 10-year uh, window, you know, 10 years younger than you window. Uh, think about it. For example, people in their 60s, they have sons and daughters who are maybe in their 40s because you have your kids in your 20s. And for the most part, people who are in their 60s, they typically hang around friends and, and their buddies. Maybe they went to school with, college, high school, who are right around the same age. So oftentimes we don't get much guidance from people who are right around 10 years older than us. Think about it. It's kind of like when, when, a, you know, when the president cleans out their desk, when we have a change of, of uh, presidents, um, which I can't wait for next year, by the way. But anyway, uh, kind of like when that happens, the president, I think uh, it's like a little tradition that the outgoing president will leave a little note in the desk in the, in the Oval Office in the White House. I think it's some sort of thing that they've been doing for mm-hmm. years. Anyway, um, the incoming president will kind of read the note and whatever they do with it. But if there's one thing I learned from being a, a financial professional over the past 25 years is that is that people need to be doing more effective planning in their 50s, especially when it comes to planning out how you're going to generate that monthly income after you're retired. You're no longer going to have a paycheck rolling in, Chris, so that we got to prepare. 
You know, and it's one of those things where I think people still in their 50s, retirement seems so far off where, where they just, they, they don't even want to think about it. You know, just continue to put my head down and work and save money. But there are actual uh, actionable things that they can be doing at that point, right? Yeah, and that's exactly why I've been helping people typically working uh, who are in their early uh, 50s, working with them uh, to build things up so that we can get things in place little by little, especially these financial vehicles that are designed to pay monthly income for the rest of their life, because you can really get a head start and get some really strong rates if you get into some of these vehicles in your 50s, because then you have all the time to let these things grow and compound. And we're talking about instruments that can pay income regardless of how long you live, regardless of what the crazy stock market conditions are, because look, your bills are going to need to get paid steadily and hopefully without stress. So we want to make sure we, we take a look at uh, the whole picture. Um, and there's other facets of finance too, not just income generation. We want to look at long-term care expenses, which are likely to arise at some point in our retirement. Uh, I, I think the studies are that most of us are going to need some sort of long-term care, uh, at least for some of us for a very short duration. Uh, others might need care for a very long period of time. I mean, think about Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, you know, and, and this time of day, there's these um, expenses that Medicare and, and these supplemental plans do not pay for. So what I do is I help my, show my clients and, and really the listeners of our show as well in teaching them about these different instruments that can help take care of these costs, uh, especially because I want to see the money coming out of the insurance company's pocket instead of coming out of the pockets of my clients, um, because that money can come out like a fire hose. We've all heard the stories. And since we're talking about year-end planning, I, I also want to make sure our listeners are aware that mutual funds need to, need to be watched out for, especially because what they do is they typically distribute their capital gains in December. And what they do in November, which is coming right around the corner, these mutual fund companies will typically publish estimates of what they're expecting to distribute. The capital gains are taxable, don't forget, depending on what type of account you have. So if you're contemplating on buying a mutual fund, um, you do wanna make sure you don't buy into the fund right before they make that capital gains distribution, because that means a lot of growth and profit that the fund was able to generate for other shareholders of that mutual fund, maybe even over the past year or past couple of years, that tax might be passed on to you. <laughs> Even if you were only in the fund for a couple of days, imagine that. It's kind of like showing up at a party, uh, you know, as the party's winding down, showing up at 10 p.m., let's say. Yeah. And your friends were just having a blast the whole day. I mean, music was going, food, drinks. There's a mess everywhere. Uh, and you arrive, you show up at the party. And what do they do? They hand you a wash rag and a can of <laughs> cleanser so that you can help clean the place up. So not much of the enjoyment or the benefit was in it for you in that party situation. Um, that that's for sure. So I certainly don't want my clients footing the bill for the gains that other people enjoyed uh, in these mutual funds. And one last thing that I want to make sure our listeners um, are able to take advantage of, if possible, and I'm going to mention this probably on every show until the end of the year, um, which are ways to generate a tax loss. If you have some investments that went up and other investments that went down, mm -hmm. you, you may be able to offset the two. And this is so important. That way you don't have to pay gain, uh, capital gains tax on the, on the money that you made the gain in. Uh, because look, if your income uh, falls below a certain threshold, you might actually be able to pay zero 
long-term capital gains taxes this year on some of your investments. And we're talking about ones where you made a profit. So uh, we call this tax gain harvesting. Uh, and I know a lot of people had some gains this year in 2023, as opposed to last year, 2022, where we had, um, you know, not much. Uh, it was not great. There was, <laughs> there was some losses last year. So it might be a great time to take advantage of those gains you had this year with possibly paying zero in um, in capital gains uh, taxes. Um, so you just want to make sure you ask your current financial advisor about these techniques. They should know what we're talking about. Mention tax loss harvesting or tax gain harvesting to your advisor. If they give you a blank stare when you say that, um, then call my office right <laughs> away because I'll give you some guidance on this stuff. Because look, if you have some gains in some investments, some, some losses in others, um, you definitely want to be uh, taking a look at the, and don't wait until December because it's, it's uh, too much of a, too chaotic. Uh, yeah. do you want to do it now. Give my office a call right now. Someone, again, will take down your name and number for us to chat uh, this week. Um, because look, just like those business owners that we were talking about, the, the ones that put out the Christmas wreaths um, on the shelves really early in the season, um, they're on the receiving end. Those, they're not s stupid either. They're going to be making money off of those early sales. Yeah. So we want to be treating our own personal financial situation like business owners. We got to get a head start on this stuff. And that's the way I want my listeners to be treating their finances. So give my office a call right now if you want help with these tax uh, some of these tax strategies, 610-894-7415. Once again, 610-894-7415. And what we'll do is we'll do, a, you know, I'll just do a complimentary year-end review of your financial and tax plan. Just want to make sure you're not leaving money on the table um, by paying taxes that you could have otherwise uh, avoided legally. The number again, 610-894-7415. And just want to go ahead and reiterate, when you call right now, this isn't you having that meeting with Jim. So if you're running around this weekend, you don't think I have time to actually divulge it. That's fine. You're going to talk to someone on Jim's staff. You're going to get on his calendar for the coming weeks. That conversation will happen later on in the week at a time that works best for you. So give a call and go ahead and, and check that off your end of the year checklist. And that, that's really still hard for me to wrap my head around. But 610-894-7415 is the number. The 401k, one of the biggest assets most people have in retirement but Jim, I read an article that said that the same mistakes about 401ks are being made over and over and over again. What are these mistakes and, and how do you help prevent them? Well, it's true, Chris. For, for years, our house, our house is usually our biggest single asset and our 401k is often our second biggest asset. But nowadays, I'm, I'm seeing the reverse. Uh, we're seeing people's 401ks worth much more than their house. And, and that says a lot, even with the big increase that we've all had in these home values. Yeah. Um, and one of the biggest missteps that I've seen, if I were to share it with our listeners, um, when it comes to people's 401ks, I, I would say that they're, they're, people are too trusting of these target date funds. <laughs> and I'm going to call them out again because they're, they're, worth, they're worth it. I know we discussed this uh, on the show a couple of weeks ago, but it's worth mentioning again because I got a lot of calls on this last time um, because we're, we're seeing a situation unfold far too frequently um, where um, people are saying, Jim, I have these these target date funds and I'm looking at them and I picked them because they have that that date which matched up with my you know expected retirement date, whatever, 2025 or, you know, and then we have the funds like the Vanguard target date 2025 fund or the Fidelity Freedom 2025 fund. Or if you have a if you're a federal worker, you have the thrift savings plan, you, you have those L funds with the date of 2025. They, they all pretty much operate very similarly. 
in that they shift more and more of your money into bonds and bond types of instruments, the closer and closer you, you get to that year uh, in the title of your fund, like 2025, for example. So on the surface, it might not seem like such a bad idea because they're trying to uh, just make your portfolio a little bit more safe um, so that you're not devastated by a, a big stock market crash. Uh, in fact, if you know, we didn't even have these target date funds back in the early 2000s. So I would imagine that these would have really helped out. Those folks were, you know, right on the verge of retirement right before the dot com crash oh, yeah. or right before the 2008 crash. Um, but the reason I'm mentioning the, these target date funds on the show quite frequently is because the interest rates um, that we're experiencing and the uh, and bond rates, they move in opposite directions. One goes up, the other goes down. And the Fed raised interest rates something like 11 times uh, in this inflation cycle over the past two years or so. So bonds have pretty much taken, uh, you've been taking 11 punches to the face. <laughs> and the Fed also seems to be signaling that they're not done with raising interest rates. So it could be even more punishment for the, uh, you know, coming up for these, these poor bonds. And with these target date funds having such a big percentage of their holdings in bonds, this is what has me concerned for a lot of our listeners who I know have a good portion of their money invested in these target date funds, Chris. And, you know, and it's because on paper it seems to work. But as we've mentioned many times, you know, the interest rate environment that we're in right now, we haven't seen this in, you know, in, in, in decades well before uh, the, the era, the existence of these target date funds. So uh, it's really showing the, the flaws in it. So if that's not the move, and, and we've said that many times here on the show, what should people be doing as far as their 401ks go? Yeah, these, these need to be uh, exposed a little bit more for what they are. I mean, I just had a, a Zoom video conference with a guy. He lived in... Um, in, in Westchester, uh, which is um, not too far from my Radnor office, but Zooms are just so convenient. Sure. And we were talking a lot because it was right around the time where that prisoner escaped a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And he was kind of he had me laughing. He said uh, <laughs> he was armed to the teeth and just ready for this guy to show up at his doorstep. Oh, but anyways, um, he had been a longtime listener of the show and he, he reached out because he was getting ready to, to, to retire in about three years, something like that. So he's looking to get his ducks in a row. Um, but what urged him to actually pick up the phone to call was that when he was looking at his, his statement really over the past couple of years, he noticed it hadn't really been growing that much. Um, and, and when I looked at a little bit closer at what he had, sure enough, he had almost all of his money in the 2025 target fund. And just like millions of other 401k investors, uh, he, you know, he picked a fund that just matched closely with his projected retirement day. So that's why he selected the fund. Um, but what I was able to do for him, and this is, again, all just over our video conference, uh, I was able to, to pull up on my screen, on my computer, so he could see my screen as well. We went into the Morningstar website, which is kind of like the Bible of where we get all of our data for, for mutual funds. Uh, and we went on together, and we looked up his 2025 fund, and I showed him the percentage of bonds that he had within that fund. And I also taught him how they were going to be shifting more and more and more into those bonds the older he gets. And when I showed him that the bond portion of the fund, and keep in mind, we're talking uh, nearly half of his money was, um, you know, a big portion was in that 2025 fund. And of that fund, almost half of that money was in bonds. And the bonds had only been averaging around one and a half percent interest 
per year over the past 10 years. And when I showed him that, he almost couldn't believe it. So what I was able to do is just show him some other suggestions so that he doesn't set himself up for, for more of the same uh, over the next several years, just those lousy uh, sorts of returns, or at least maybe do something different until interest rates begin to settle down a little bit. Um, and, and since he was over the age of 59 and a half, this gave us even more opportunity. We were able to get that 50% of the bond portion. Remember, half of his money was in these bond, these one and a half percent bonds. We were able to get that portion rolled over into, uh, I show, we were talked about CDs and fixed rate annuities. They're the ones with the no annual fees. Um, you can get them now that are paying in that five and a half to 6% range. And, uh, we kept the other 50% of his 401k right there in the account because you don't have to move that um, because he had some good growth funds that were being offered to him. Uh, so there was no reason to, to change that particular um, half of the money. And now as interest rates continue to go up further, he's likely to be more protected because he reduced his bond exposure. And I can't help but think about, you know, a couple of years back, we all remembered interest rates were in the 1% range. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how many people have uh, that I've spoken with said, Jim, back then they said, Jim, if we can only get back to the times where we're getting 5 or 6% on our money, my <laughs> goodness, I would take it all out of the market and I would, I would just uh, put it all into that because I wouldn't want to fuss around with the market. It's annoying. Um, and now, you know, here we are. We've got them. We're back at these high levels of uh, exciting interest rates where investors can get a reasonable return on their money without needing to risk it in the stock market. So if you're listening now and you're thinking, you know what, now might be a good time to, to maybe take a look at this and maybe uh, see what these rates are all about and see if I can lock in some of my money. Uh, or more specifically, if you're listening and you, and you realize, oh my gosh, I do have a good amount of money in these 2025 funds or these 2030 funds, um, then what I would do right now is I suggest getting in touch with my office right now. And I could teach you a little bit more about exactly what you have going on. Um, and, you know, we just don't want you to be in an unpleasant situation with your, with your money if interest rates continue to rise um, because that can hurt that bond portion. And I can certainly show you some different approaches. And remember, I do this completely complimentary for our fellow 1210 WPHT listeners. The number to call right now to set up a time to chat with me later this week, the number is 610-894-7415. Once again, 610-894-7415. And that's for a, a, a complimentary 401k review. It's really a review with anyone with a 401k, but especially for the folks that have those, those yearly dates on them, like the 2020 or 2025. Uh, the number, once again, 610-894-7415. Through no fault of your own, there may be some some flaws in your retirement plan, your investment strategy, simply because, you know, on paper, like we said earlier, with the target date funds especially, it seems to make sense. But having something like this complimentary uh, 401k review can really go a long way to making sure that the money that you're saving is working as hard for you as possible. 610-894-7415. You can also visit the website, retirereadyfg.com. Back in August, the world lost uh, Bob Barker, passed away, uh, a man who, who entertained me many a sick day at, at, uh, when I was home from <laughs> school. 
And, you know, over the years, he's given us quite a few moments as the host of The Price is Right. What if you should be the winner and you are less than $100 away from the retail price of your own showcase? Then what happens? I win them both. That's right. I can't afford it. You can't afford it, all these taxes, huh? Well, do you have any... Do we pay tax on this? I beg your pardon? We don't have to pay tax on this, do we? Well, of course you do. Anything that you win on the show is earned income. It's just that much more uh, in the way of income. And if it moves you up into a higher bracket, of course you would pay more. You want to quit? No, no. You want to go ahead? No, I'll continue. All right. I'm sure that there are many contestants on The Price is Right that weren't aware of the tax implications there. How many clients are unaware of the tax consequences when it comes to their retirement savings? What is their reaction uh, when you show them how, how they can save money and, and you know what they have to pay to Uncle Sam? Yeah, well, you know, Chris, I, I am forever the optimist. You know that from working with me for, <laughs> for years. So let me just shed, shed some positive light on, on taxes. Okay. Uh, and yeah, you heard that right. I'm actually going <laughs> to... Try coming up with some positive attributes okay. about, about right. taxes, if you can believe it. Um, and when you really think long and hard about it, there's really only you know, one positive thing, at least for me, that, that I can conjure up, uh, which is uh, how taxes impact our retirement savings. Okay? And the only thing I can think of is that um, with, those, with how they impact our retirement savings, we are actually able to plan ahead to come up with strategies that can potentially help us reduce the taxes. Um, because think about it, when we're in our working career, like you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, if we get a big promotion or a big bonus, th- there's really not much we can do. We just gotta get, take the hit. I mean, we can max out our 401k in order to get the taxes down a little bit. Um, you know, we can beg and plead with our accountants to find us other ways to save, uh, to save money. Um, but anyone making a couple hundred thousand dollars per year, either you alone or you and your spouse together, uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Your accountants, as much as you push them or her, the accountant normally just shrugs their, their shoulders and says, look, this is the best I can do with your tax return. And, and, and look, while I'm on the topic of accountants, um, I, I just wanted you know, to, you know, it's making me think about all the folks that ask their accountants about ways that they might be able to reduce taxes throughout the retirement, because that's exactly what I focus on. And many times um, the discussion with one's accountant involves uh, the Roth IRA kind of comes to air. And and look, I I can only go by what clients are coming back and telling me, uh, which is that they bring up the topic of Roths and Roth conversions to the accountants. And the accountant will say, well, mm, it's not really worth it to make the change at this point. You're better off staying where you are. Hmm. And I asked the accountant, uh, I asked really how the accountant came up to that, you know, to that conclusion. And they say, well, the, the accountant just kind of did some really quick math for around 30 seconds in their head. And that's how they arrived that, you know, the Roth would not be beneficial for, for that client's situation. And, and, and look, you have to remember, the Roth has more than just one way of potentially benefiting you um, and your family uh, for the years to come. So what I do is I push back on that. And I tell folks to go back to their accountant and make sure that that your accountant factors in um, the fact that any money in a Roth IRA that you convert, that you pass on to your beneficiaries, we're talking your sons, daughters, grandkids, whoever it is, um, make sure your accountant chats with you about the potential tax savings because that money does not need to flow as taxable income on your sons, daughters, grandkids, tax returns if it's Roth. Because, hey, if you pass away, you know, in your mid 80s and your sons and daughters 
if they're in their mid 50s or early 60s, they could very well be in a high tax bracket themselves. Um, and so you can imagine having hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe of your money, your 401k, your IRA money having to be claimed as income on your son's or your daughter's tax returns when they're in their 50s or 60s. So make sure your accountant, you know, uh, talks about your kids, too, on the inheritance side. And then the other part is that you also want to make sure your accountant factors in how your sons and daughters don't need to pay any federal tax on um, federal income tax on any of the interest or dividends or gains or growth or earnings or whatever it might be during the entire 10 years that you're after your sons or daughters inherit that money where they're slowly distributing the money out of the account. They get to keep all of the interest. They don't have to share any of it in the form of taxes for that entire 10 year period. And you know how much money can grow over 10 years, Chris. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's the power of compounding. And it's one of those things, you know, you assume those nest eggs are going to be worth more in the future. And uh, we also kind of know that taxes are going to go up in the future. So why not take care of it now and, and let it grow without having to worry about that? Yeah. So as we stand now, uh, when it comes to our retirement, um, our taxes could be eating into maybe as little as, you know, 12 percent, not really 10 percent, just a basic amount of income is taxed at 10. So we're talking about 12 percent or as much as it could be 39.6 percent of our retirement account, which that's going to be the new uh, tops uh, tax rate in around two years. So with the proper tax planning, what we can do is help to map out strategies designed to outsmart the IRS. And let me give everyone a little hint here, because it's not always about delaying your withdrawals um, from these retirement accounts as long as you can. Jim, I'm just going to take out those little RMDs um, and then let it keep growing and growing. Sometimes it makes more sense to take the bull by the horns and shift more money into a Roth little by little, maybe throughout your 60s and early 70s. So that when you eventually take the money out many years down the road, your withdrawals can be tax free. And you got to think about also the big elephant in the room, which is that our nation has over 32 trillion with a T trillion dollars of debt. So our taxes are are quite likely to be much higher um, 10 years from now, 15 years, 20 years down the road. And one thing I know for a fact, we all know it, is that the Trump tax cuts are going away by the end of 2025. And I'm just going to say it bluntly. There's so many Americans out there. We all are guilty of it. We wait uh, when it comes to our taxes. We wait until the kind of the last week before April 15th to get our taxes done. We procrastinate on this. Yeah. Uh, and my guess is that many Americans, sadly, are going to wait until the end of 2025 to try to squeeze out a little bit of tax benefit from the Trump tax cuts. And at that point, um, they're likely to regret not having taken advantage of the lower tax rates that are right here, right now, in 2023 and 2024 as well. And, you know, it's going to be another one of those maybe shoulda, woulda, coulda. If you have questions or concerns about reaching your retirement goals, then give the Retire Ready Financial Group a call, 610-894-7415, or visit us online at retirereadyfg.com. Retire Ready Wealth Management is not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Retire Ready Wealth Management is licensed in your state, please call 610-704-2792. 
Retire Ready Wealth Management is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products. Offer through James Cipriati, Pennsylvania Insurance License 366900. Investment advisory services offered through Impact Partnership Wealth LLC, a Securities and Exchange Commission registered investment advisor firm. IPW and Retire Ready Financial Group are non-affiliated firms. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean the advisor has achieved a specific level of skill or ability. Investing involves risk. There's always the potential of losing money when you invest in securities. Asset allocation, diversification, and rebalancing do not ensure a profit or protect against loss in declining markets. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. IPW, its affiliates, and its investment advisor representatives do not provide legal tax or accounting advice. You should consult your legal and or tax professionals before making any financial decisions. Please be advised that you may conduct securities transactions only by speaking directly with your investment advisor representative, either by phone or in person.